good. <laughs> Praise God. Here we are. This is a new creation reality. This Apostle Steve. Uh, man, I am excited. I've been excited since last week. We decided to make this a five-part series, uh, four parts of teaching from various apostles from around the United States. And then the fifth part would be intercessory prayer coming from those apostles uh, to make to make sure that the people of God uh, have the right. Uh, uh, in other words, they can receive the teaching because people teach all the time and everybody does not always receptive. But it's an, I believe it's essential that you listen and hear what the Spirit of the Lord is going to say during this program. I am so honored today to have our guests on. Uh, I have all the way from. Uh, Manteca, California, my sister and a fellow apostle in the ministry, uh, Dr. Baker, is in the house with us. I also have with me today, all the way from Lafayette, Louisiana, the apostle Daniel Francis is in the house with us today. And along with Daniel Francis, I have my dear brother from another mother from Ar Fayetteville, Arkansas, is in the house, the apostle Robin Beach. Praise God. And we're going to take this thing and run with it. Apostle Marshall is in Washington, D.C., uh, in, in a time of uh, ministry with his spiritual father and uh, and praise God. I, I thank God for that. But today we're going to get right back in this. We're not going to devil and down today. We're going to get right into this. We're going to be talking about the principles of spiritual warfare. Uh, I think we shook a little bit last week. My God, I mean, <laughs> we had a we couldn't receive all the comments last week. That's how many comments came in. And I don't think anything was said last week that was controversial. It maybe have been new to your hearing, or maybe you didn't even look at it this way. But today I've asked each one of them to pick a particular uh, point of, of scripture that deals with some type of warfare. And I, But I want to go back to the Genesis. Whenever I'm studying the Bible, I always go back to the first mention of things. I like to go back and look at the origin. So if you'll go with me just for a moment, let me open this meeting up first of all. Let me stop being rude. I'm so rude. Sometimes I'm so excited. I Let's just get in the spirit. Come on, everybody. Let's just go in the Holy Ghost. Father, God, we want to hear from you clarity. God, we want no distortions, God. God, we come against the, any confusion in the name of We take authority over darkness right now, and the minds of your people will be open to hear, to receive the revelation pertaining to your son in his kingdom and the warfare and how the army works and how the people work within the framework of the kingdom of God. Let, the, let your word have free course at this time and moment. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Hallelujah. Now, let's get into this thing here. Uh, I want to go to where warfare started. Now, we know originally it started with Satan in heaven. He was thrown down into the earth. But I'm not going to get into that. Uh, uh, his name was not Lucifer, by the way. That name was added in in the Latin language. But his name was Heliel. That's what Lucifer means if you look at it but in, the, in, in the, uh, the original Hebrew. Okay, but it says, now watch this. It says, now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, first of all, he's violating the, the, the principle of dominion. He's speaking to a dignitary without authority. He's in a realm of a man who has been given authority over his domain. And here comes a, a stranger into this place and he allows him to speak to his woman. Watch this. 
And he said unto the woman, hey, yea, has God said you shall not eat of every tree? And the woman said unto the serpent, we may eat of the tree of the fruit of the trees of, of the trees in the garden. But of the fruit of the tree, it doesn't say apple nowhere in this thing here. But of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, uh, God has said, thou shalt not eat of it, neither shall thou touch it. One sec. Lest you die. And uh, watch this. And the serpent said unto the woman, you shall not surely die. God knoweth that in the day you eat thereof, your eyes shall be open and you shall know the difference between uh, you shall your eyes shall be open and you shall know the difference as to God open and you shall be as God knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw the tree that it was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and the tree was desired to make one wise, she took up the fruit thereof and did eat. And gave also to her husband, and he did eat. Now, this is the first warfare against the kingdom of God. Huh? Uh, amen. Now, he comes in and he's, he casts an imagination that exalted itself above the knowledge of God. Now, I'm going to move out of the way. And I'm going to let the teachers teach today. But I wanted to show you that warfare did have an origin. But remember, Adam was the husband or the house bander. He was supposed to be banding his wife under his. He was supposed to be uh, guarding the garden, keeping the garden safe. And he was a band around that garden. That's what his dominion provided for him. But when he saw something that he wanted, that his soul wanted, the woman's type of his soul, he opened the band and let this stranger come in. Come on, somebody here. And the stranger came in and exacted warfare in the place of another man's dominion. In, in other words, he bound the strong man and spoiled his goods and took his armor and took away his possession and spoiled his inheritance body of Christ. My God, did you, this word started. Jesus comes back and says, hey, you must bind the strong man because that's how Adam lost it. Somebody came in and bound him up. And took his armor and spoiled his goods, came into his house. Now, I've asked each one of you, let me just say, won't you say hello, Daniel Francis, to everybody? Hello, everybody. This is Apostle Daniel Francis from Lafayette, Louisiana, New Wine Covenant Community. It's an uh, awesome privilege to be here with these great apostles and looking forward for a mighty move of God and great anointed instructions coming to the body. Thank you. And who is that that good looking woman at the bottom of the screen? She told me to say that, by the way. Who is that? <laughs> it's your sister. Hello, everybody. I'm Apostle Baker J. Baker, who is a doctor in psychology. Glad to be Amen. here. And who's my other brother here? Introduce yourself, Apostle Robin. Robin Beach from Fayetteville, Arkansas. I am very honored to be here with you distinguished apostles today. Thank you for inviting me. I'm honored. for. Hey, listen, I, I called you first and gave you a subject matter. I would like you to start off today uh, and tell everybody what your subject matter is today about warfare. Robin, if you could. Yes, sir. So uh, Apostle Carroll told me and talked to me. He wanted me to talk about warfare. 
in relation to the temptation of Jesus Christ in the wilderness. And so in, in that, as I began to look, I, 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 there, I went to Luke chapter 4, obviously, and began to look into that. And we, 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 we said there was an interesting thing that here, and I have to back up just for a moment, Apostle Cal, to preface this story. And, and, and the place of this and what the origin of this really, really, truly was, as you just said. So Jesus Christ, uh, uh, in the incarnation of the Son of God, uh, literally comes into, into uh, Adam's skin suit. He comes into mankind's existence. Uh, and he comes to reveal to us in sonship his fellowship with the Father as a human uh, the Apostle John tells us uh, very straightway, though, that in this, uh, that happened, it not, not merely in our human existence, Cal, but he says this something fascinating. He uses the flesh, the term flesh. So in that, in that, in that word right there in flesh, we find out that it wasn't just good enough for, uh, for in that relation of who he was uh, to leave us with the truth that God, uh, that God came, uh, that the one who created the heavens and the earth, he wanted to make sure that we knew, Apostle Cal, uh, the other son and the spirit who acted in coalition with this together for the purpose of, of revealing to man in Adam, in mankind's very existence, he wanted to make sure that we understood the depths and the humility of their love. So he wanted us to understand that in the incarnation, he had sent in the flesh that he had sent the son in flesh. Now, flesh, biblically speaking, Cal, literally speaks of uh, it's kind of a loaded word, I guess you could say, that speaks of humanity in its depraved state, in its fallen state, in its darkened state. So Jesus Christ came to God not only to man, but literally in man, in man. He came in very state. He into the human equation, if you will, where we actually were not in the garden before the fall of Adam, but after the fall, as you just described, after the fall, he entered into that state there in, in mankind's place of darkness, their disorder, their depravity, their brokenness, disease. He entered into human existence that was available at that time, and that existence was fallen. So my question is, have we ever thought about that? Have we ever literally sat and pondered that very thing for a moment? Because we were always taught that the human race was depraved. And I know that that's, that's very strong for some people to, to grasp. But so in the incarnation, then he became, and we are. Now, fast forward. He comes, and he's come there at that place of distinction. The Jordan River refers to a line of demarcation between the barrenness of the land that was literally the place that they crossed to go into the promised land. So he literally came from that wilderness wasteland of mankind's, come on, y'all listen to me, 
that mankind's barren wasteland, that Judean wilderness where he walked from. He walked to the Jordan River, that place of existence there where mankind found himself in depravity, found himself in brokenness, found himself in disease. He walked through that and comes to that line of demarcation known as death, the Jordan River. There, he stepped foot in as the Lamb of God and speaks these fascinating words. Let all righteousness must be fulfilled. So at that point in time, Cal, he literally goes across the Jordan River, the death of man. He enters into the full state of man's death, fully in the state of God, fully in the state of the Son of God. He enters into the depravity, darkness, and hellishness that mankind was living in and walks out on the other side. And what's the first thing that happens? The very first thing that happens was in that place of warfare, there's a, something fascinating that happens. The spirit of God lights upon him, but then this happens. The recognition of sonship. The recognition of sonship. Out of the heavens, the voice this my beloved son. This is who I always created you to be. This is what you were always designed to be. Walking through that place of barrenness on the other side to reveal the life of our authentic design. But then watch what happens. This is fascinating to me. He walks straight back through it again. He's like, I will what? go through it again. Into man's death, and I'm going back through it again. I'm going back now. I'm going back in my place of recognition because this is truly where the warfare of mankind exists. He walks back into that barren wasteland, back where Adam lost it all, back into that place of depravity, back into that place of loneliness, back into that place of shame, back into that place of guilt. And he sets my himself. God down there and the very first thing that he refuses to do is partake of the bread of his own labor adam had chosen to create that after 40 days of fasting the enemy comes to him and says this if you be the son of god make this bread in words labor after the sorrow cultivation of adam depend on the abundance and the provision of the father. I want you to go back to the fallen state of Adam and make sure that you get this done of your own. Eat off that DIY tree. It, come back into that law of personal endeavor again. Make it happen on your own. If you really are the son My of God. God slow down. This. My God. <laughs> you scared me. <laughs> <laughs> My God, did you know what you just said? Yes. Robin, go ahead. I'm sorry, man. Oh, my God. So he eats, he goes after the warfare then was to try to get 
uh, this last Adam to fall into that state of personal endeavor again, eat off of that wrong tree once again, and fall right back into the sorrow of hard labor, toil, of annoyance, of having to cut the ground that was producing nothing but thorns, which is the bread that oh, mankind Jesus. ate. But he said this, I am a recognized son, and I eat that which proceeds out of the mouth of God. Lord so in Jesus. that place, he took back, he took back that which mankind lost. He established right in front of that enemy that you just described. He established right in front of him that I am a recognized son. I will not bow to you your endeavor. I will not bow to your deception and your deceit to try to get me to act side of my father's provision, to try to get me to build and make, try to create my own inheritance for myself. But I will live as my son in the inheritance according to the authority and the provision that Abba has created for me to live in. So that warfare in the place of warfare was he took back the identity of recognition going through death and then literally plunging back into it again to take back on, from me, the enemy what he had lost. Let me interject something here. So you're telling me what, what Adam lost in the garden and was thrown into the wilderness, Christ came in, come on, into that same place in the wilderness and, 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 and won out where he, where Adam lost, he won it back. So every place man lost, came, Christ came and regained it and fulfilled the, the purpose of sonship. Now, listen, I'm not done with you, but I'm going to let Dr. Yes, Baker, because she has another program. I, I told her she could come on. I asked her to come on. She said she would, even if she was already busy. I love her so much. She just did that for her, her, her brother. But I asked her to teach on a particular subject, too. Dr. May, would you tell everybody what it is you're going to be talking about right now? I'm in Corinthians 10. And okay. Right. Okay. In, in Corinthians 10, but I need to go back to the garden also. Because one of the things that is so important, and Apostle Robin was just talking about it, is this. Robin. That in Genesis Robin. 1, it says this. And I, I was studying in some Targums and whatever it is, a number of those things I had. And one of the ways that this was given was God fashioned words with these words. Now, we're talking about the God who is creator and ruler. <coughs> this is the God we talked about is the creator and ruler. And, and he fashioned. Now, what he did, he did an algorithm, actually. He made, he and he shaped the words he was about to speak with the words that he was thinking on. And in Corinthians 10, it talks about to cast down the imagination. In one of the things I was reading in the mirror and that I was reading in the, in, in the this Bible and, 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 and a, number of different, a number of different things. But one of the things that it says is this. In our physical form, we don't fight. That is not the realm in which we fight. When I was in the world, I, uh, I was, I, I, you know, I, I fought. But one of the things of it is, is I was strategic in my fighting. I had to make sure I knew who was on my side so that I did not shoot them. 
I ain't talking about no friendly fire or whatever it was because I knew that being a part of Vallejo, I knew I was shooting against Richmond. I knew that. And I had to make sure that I knew all of my compadres, all of the ones that were there with me, so that when I uh, when I let go of my weapon, when I when I fired my weapon, that I would not hit any of those. And so the thing of it is, is this: here it is. We have to know the words that we're fashioning, because once you you know, uh, in one of these it says we don't do tit for tat, but we do do word for word. A word comes into your mind. This is where the warfare is. And you got to have a word that you know is true, that you know it was the creator and the ruler that gave those words in order for you to be able to take those words and, and, and exchange them. What happens is this, God fashioned, just think about that. God fashioned the world, words, uh, let there be, let this happen, let this happen, let us do. He fashioned those words with the words that he was about to speak. Why is that? So that the algorithm would take place, so that the picture of what would happen, what was about to happen would happen in our minds. We don't fight against against cancer. We don't fight against tumors, fight against back pain. We don't fight against any of that. But we have something called the name, the character, the creator, the ruler, almighty God. We say, he says, Jesus, I gave you my name. I gave you this name. And this name, you exchange this name, this character, this being for this one. See, my job is to have it so that you can take this and you can walk with it no matter where you go, that no matter what it is that hits your life, that no matter what thought comes, you have fashioned it. One, you have studied to show yourself approved to be able to use these words. See, everybody cannot use Jesus' name and Jesus' name and Jesus' name and Jesus' name. And you don't even know what the heck you're talking about. You're just swinging a name around there because you do not understand the character. You don't even believe that the creator and the, that he is ruler of his word. You think about the scriptures that talks about he watches over his word. He watches over his fashion when he has fashion. And the adversary in this mind is you. You allow these thoughts to come in and you have not taken the time when we have not taken the time to get in this thing, to get in a word, to make that word read us. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. And the word has come to live inside of me. The word has come to manifest me. The word defines me. This word has become flesh and I am the flesh that carries this word. What is that? Because I know who I am. I am a son of God and nothing and nobody can make that anything different. And because I know that I'm a son of God, that I'm a son of God, that when I fashion these words, these words mean something because they're his words. I heard him speak them. I saw his picture. I saw what it was that he did. I saw what it is that he's doing. So as it talks about here, I cast down every imagination. And what it means is this. I blow that sucker away because it does not have, it does not <laughs> right in this real estate. This is a real estate and I am a real son of God. We talk about going into the Holy of Holies. We talk about all these things, but then you come right out and you talk about how much pain you're in. You talk about how much money you don't have. You talk about all the don'ts. You ain't been in no Holy of Holies. You can't come out of there without uh, 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 the words 
uh, being being imminent in your being because what happens is this while you're there you get this algorithm oh you get this picture and what it is is it's a creating a picture of what you come back into earth and then you Ma, excuse me for a minute could you excuse me i want you to take a deep breath first of all take a deep breath and then somebody asked could you explain to them what is an algorithm an algorithm is is numbers it's a it, it's 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 a uh uh um it's a manner of all of these numbers. You know, everything is made up of numbers. Robin can let you know that. And so will uh, well, all of y'all know that. All of these things are. And what it does is this. Short form is this. It creates a picture. It creates an image. He made us in his image and after his likeness. And so, therefore, he has a picture in himself of what it is that we are to look like as sons. What? is that we are to operate and that's what happens i mean when i see this when i speak this word when i speak that name when i call on them when i speak the name Jesus, i don't have to call on it it's in me he is in me he has given me his name i give you this name this name belongs to you this name has made you this man name takes all these numbers and all of these things that i have counted in you and i make this picture and now you look at yourself you look at it Attitude, sister. Remember, Good. you're an heir of mine and a joint heir with him. And you bet not see nothing. You better not see anything other than what I created you to be. Uh, so anyway, that's a part of what it is that I had to say. Excuse me. You got an attitude. Yes. My God. <laughs> yes. I want people to get this. I want people. To I, know I know you do. I know you do. I want it to be something. Yes, yes. And Please, down to yes. earth so that you can understand it. I just, I mean, yes. my is to help you to be able to walk in it. It's your mind. And then he said this. See, people don't realize. They talk about, I got the mind of Christ. I got the mind of God. He said, let this mind, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ. Well, the mind that was in Christ was the mind of God. It was the mind of the, of the creator and the ruler. And the ruler, who do you think lives on the inside of us? So therefore, I can think like he thinks because he said, I know all of these numbers. I know. What do you think the DNA is? The DNA is all of these numbers that he has placed on the inside of you that makes you his unique. So can I say this and, and, and it be a true statement that the warfare is in your mind? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And you got a brain that, that's like that. That's like tofu. You can make Anything you wanted to stop saying what you don't have. Stop talking about how sad you are. Stop talking about all your problems and find the algorithm, find the word, find the frequency, find the rhythm, find, find what it is, find the shaking as you talked about on the program the other day. Uh, 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 how it is that it shakes into being. And this is a, a shake and bake type moment. You know, you allow yourself to, to uh, 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 be shaken with everything. Everything can shake. Everything can come at me. It's already, but everything there is- Everything that can be shaken will be shaken. Be shaken, that's so right. the real picture of who you are gets that's manifested. That's right. That's right. And that's what- that's that's what prophetic and biblical therapy is all about. It shows you who the rapist is. And then it's your choice. 
It is your choice as to decide, do I want to pay the price? Do I want to pick up my that, that cross? Do I want to suffer with him? And suffering with him is not a bad thing because as Apostle uh, Daniel there, uh, and sometimes he said, he, he told me, he says, you're a prototype of, of thus and so. And when he ran down what a prototype was, ha, huh? and you know, uh, um, it's like Paul, I can go through all of these light afflictions because I know the end results. I know what it is he's after. All the different things that people are going through, you got a brain that you can train. Your brain right. for training. Amen. Well, my God, I appreciate that, Apostle Baker. I love that. I love that energy. My God, I got. I'm ready to run. <laughs> I can't tell you. Amen. All right, Apostle Francis. I ask you to to bring about uh, some understanding about a particular scripture. Could you tell us what that is? That particular scripture, sir, is Ephesians six and twelve, a very popular scripture that we use in the body of Christ. It says, "For we wrestle." not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Uh, I have to read a little bit of scripture to be able to establish the position that I'm going to stand on to, to reflect on this passage of scripture. And that would be going to the very first chapter of Ephesians, and it is the prayer that most of you can pray by heart, which is found in Ephesians 1, starting in verse 16, where the apostle Paul makes this statement. He says, I do not cease giving thanks for you while making mention of you in my prayers, verse 17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you a spirit of wisdom and revelation. We need some revelation in what? A knowledge of him. That's, the, that's the, the point of him. It says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you will know what is the hope of his calling, what, you, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the surpassing greatness of his power towards us who believe those who are in accordance with the working of the strength of his might. Now, listen, this is important. Verse 20, it says, which he brought about in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand, where? In heavenly places. Listen to this. Verse 21 settles it. Far above all rule, and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named not only in this age but also in the one to come now that describes everything that's mentioned all these principalities and powers and their order their highly organized order in uh, 6 and 12. jesus is far above all of them then it says, and he put all things in subjection under his feet, right? And gave him as head over all things to us, the church. Uh, and what is the church? Which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. 
Well, we have to wrap our heads around the recognized son, the chosen one, the pattern son, and look at where he is placed and we are in him and we are seated with him. So we Come have on. to understand that. We have to understand that. Verse Chapter 1, verse 5 says, he predestined us to the adoption as sons. So the Ephesian message is not to anything else but sons. So everything I'm about to say from is from the perspective of a son and not a soldier. Not a soldier, but a son. A soldier has a king and a commander. A son has a father. Would you say different kind of perspective? What did you, Daniel? Yes, yes. There you sir. go again. There you yes, go sir. again. Well, we got to get that straight, Apostle. We have to get it straight. And can I add, you know, that, that that other fallen area of praying from the spirit of an orphan? I don't want to get into that today. But the soldier, listen, he, he's not in relationship really with his leader, but he's just submitted to what he's saying to do. But we're with Abba Father. And we oh, are his mercy. sons, and our father owns everything, and the chosen one, the recognized son, has power <laughs> over everything in earth and under the earth. So when oh, he says, for we wrestle, I want to get into that in a couple of seconds, but first of all, let us understand, like Christ Jesus, we are hybrids. Okay, so since Dr. Baker could use a big algorithm word, I'm using hybrids, man. Okay, and, and we, we operate out of two realms, your earth and heaven, right? We need to understand that. And so we look at Christ, he operated in both realms. He was here on earth, but he was connected to the Father. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Connected to the Father. I see that. So Ephesians 2 6 says, and he raised us up in him and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So we have to understand where we are seated, and seated means that it is established. This is where we sit. We have peace. It is finished. Okay? So the saints shouldn't be getting up for nothing seated in their heavenly position. To get up is a violation. We remain seated and at peace and at rest in him. That's what I'm talking about. So we can't got be it. nervous about anything that's happening because father is sovereign. He has everything under control. He's not nervous. He's on the throne. I don't care what the elections results was yesterday, today. It does not matter. Father is in control and the son is seated right next to him. And so are we. Lord so we have, have the spirit of wisdom and revelation of who and he is, the son, and who we are. Okay, so uh, let's do origin for a minute. Uh, the first great commission. Can I talk about that for one second? Please. The first great commission, it says, and God blessed them, and God said unto them, be fruitful 
and multiply and replenish the earth, but these last two, and subdue it and have dominion. Subdue and dominion. They tie into that word wrestle, for we wrestle not. So the wrestling literally means in simple terms that you are tossing and rolling with an opponent to pin him down and put your foot on his neck. So it seems to me, it seems to me, Daniel, it seems to me a lot of people got his foot on their neck. (laughs) That's right. You see, you see, Psalms 8 says that he gave us dominion over all the works over his hands and put them under our feet. So that's already been established, amen, that's already established, but from our heavenly position, just a perfect example, we see the Lord Jesus Christ when, when, when they caught the woman, for instance, that was uh, caught in adultery. And they were uh, uh, condemning her and all that stuff. And they were ready to stone her. The word of God, he's on ground zero. He's at ground zero in the natural, in the flesh. But he stooped down for a couple of seconds to connect with Father to get his wisdom about how to deal with this crowd that's ready to murder a woman. And so we know what happens. He gets a download from heaven, from his seated place, and he makes one statement, and everybody's got to walk away. That's the power (laughs) of a son getting wisdom from the Father in the heavens. Now, please understand that word subdue. I want to get back to that. Subdue it. Listen, first of all, the first great commission is Genesis 128. And can I tell y'all something, Apostle Kel? Ladies and gentlemen, God never changed his mind. Never. 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 So, so if he didn't do that, so the word subdue literally means bring into bondage, bring into subjection, make subservient. It means Force, it means violate, subdue, dominate, tread down. Now, there are some things on ground zero, ladies and gentlemen, we see and we are experiencing ground zero in the effects of it, but we must do warfare as sons. And the sons they have the power to command and to decree and to establish from their heavenly position, not to get picket signs, not to fight in the natural realm, but to from their position as a royal priesthood. From sons, from the position of sons, we make declarations and things move in the earth realm from our seated position. I hopefully, hopefully that makes some sense. The second word is dominion. Check this out. It's raw dog, which is a word that means, listen, ladies and gentlemen, reign and rule and to have dominion. So the position of the sun in a heavenly place is not to fight like we're doing, like we're seeing a lot of 
Christians do is to rule, is to reign, is to dominate, is to take. It's a position that has been granted to us as sons, ladies and gentlemen. So what we do in the earth realm is we agree with what heaven is saying. We agree with what's in heaven and it's supposed to manifest in the earth. That is the position that the sun is to take. So we are fighting against a highly organized demonic system. That's what it says also. It talks about rulers of darkness and spiritual wickedness and high places and all those things. The enemy is highly organized. What the church has got to do is become highly organized in itself and understand rank for rank. Might Amen. not say that. Rank for rank. Hey, devil, there's something here now to counter you. There's something greater than you, for greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. So the position of the son, the rank of a son, is the most important thing. And what is what comes out of our mouths is where our real power is mixed with faith. Amen. I'll stop right there. Much more to say. Well, looked at our time. Uh, everybody has probably about five more minutes of response. Uh, mm. Robin, it's your, it's your, it's your uh, response time now. Mm. Uh, I would say this, Robin, then, uh, according to what's been said from a from a apostle oh, Baker. Oh, we actually got apostle. We're good. We got time. Go ahead. Okay. Um, According to what's been what's been said, then uh, I I think when when we talk about subdue, when we talk about dominion, uh, it it was in the atoning work of Jesus. Now that sonship inside the fallen Adamic existence, and at that point in time, Cal, it was a bloody mess. He lived out through the fire, the trial, the tears, to the point of. Of, of literally a sacrifice of dying on the cross. The Bible tells us he uses a fascinating word in, in Luke chapter. He said that he grew in stature. That word grew right there is the word prokopto. And that word literally means to be hammered out like a metal forger would make a piece of metal, like he would fashion a piece of metal. So you can imagine all of the, all of the hammering that went on, the ham that, so he was literally birthed into this depth of, of uh, depravity in this Adamic existence. But what he did as a son, the way that he exercised his subjugative power, the power to subdue, the power to reign, the power to have the dominion, is that he stood as in the very midst of that very thing and said, no, no, I am a recognized son. I do not owe you anything. I do not owe you my subjection. As a matter of fact, in my place of dominion and recognize the son, hammer this, but recognize son. Everybody learn to say that. Please, dear God. Learn to say that. Recognition. That's what happened at the Jordan River. And in that recognition, the revelation of the algorithm became apparent to mankind. That deep, 
DNA that was literally placed in Adam from the beginning was once again revealed in the earth. That's what man's mind was darkened to. The life, which is the DNA, the likeness that made man into the image. And he brought that back in the very place where it was lost, which was in the skin suit. Why do in Psalm 110, it said, and you will rule in the midst of your enemy. He's not talking about as a warrior in the midst of a battlefield. He's talking about in the midst of the very skin suit that the identity of sonship was lost. He's going to go back yeah. into that darkened place. The skin suit of mankind, he's going to go back into the midst of the enemy and he is going to exercise his dominion there and bring every enemy, every thought, every idea of alienation back into its rightful place of subjugation to the one and only one whose right it is, Father. The one who's right it is. That's literally what the prophecy in Ezekiel talks about. So he came literally. Jesus was come, Cal, to be a divine wrench in the heavenly toolbox that God picked up and used for a while and then threw back down, didn't it? And he's, he didn't come to be some spiritual uh, ledger keeper uh, to make sure that he could write off our debt and just say, okay, well, I'll go ahead and be nice to you and cancel it out. He is a damnic man at one with the Father, living in communion with the Father, accepted and embraced by the Father, seated at his right hand. So what emerges through 33 years of fire and trial and the crucifixion is a damnic man seated fully, sharing fully and completely in the great existence of the fellowship of the Trinity now and forever. He is the living union in of the relationship between side and humanity on the other and the atoning work of Christ the union of salvation it is real it's not theoretical it is real honest to God reconciliation is exactly what it was wow my God in heaven I have one lady on here uh I'm not gonna tell you her now I don't want to embarrass you. she said I'm about to pass out that's what she put here on the comments oh <laughs> I've seen them pass out at the Michael Jackson concerts uh we got people ready to go out right now listening to this word coming from the guys <laughs> all right uh Dr Baker before you have to uh, that's my board that, that's my board that just finished that oh, tell, huh? yeah you sound just like you uh -huh. That's that's my son. Okay, uh, okay. I I want to get. I want to leave you with this. I don't want you to pass out. I want you to walk through. <laughs> I want you to use this brain God has given you, and I want you to change it, because this brain is pliable. It will take whatever it is, whatever you give it. Don't try to get all the word of God, all the great words, and throw them out. Let the word start to live in you, just as he was talking about the, the suit, the skin suit. Let it live in you so that when these things hit you, when it hits you to tell you you're not worthy, you're going to realize and you're going to see the picture of where you really are. You're going to
You froze up a little bit. I don't know what happened. Jesus, what he did, because he knew who he is. He knew who he was. He knew how he was operating. And until you get that on the inside of you, you can get a good word. You can get all the, you can exegete, you can do anything you want to. Yes, that was my word, hemorrhagic. Okay, you can do you can all the sermons. You can remember them. You can do all now, of that stuff. Uh, is that Greek or Hebrew? What is that Greek or Hebrew? All that you're you doing is hemorrhaging. Algorithm. Okay, that's basically. Okay, what I'm saying to you is this: walk in it. You have to train your brain, just like you train the rest of your body. You have to train yourself to. Here's this word. No, 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 no. And the only way that you're going to do that is to know who you are. Nobody can tell me. I don't care. I mean, nobody can tell me that that man sitting up there in that corner, Apostle Calvin Cook, is not my brother. Why is that? Because God gave him to me. Now, he can try and run away from it. He can try to act I like I thought God that. gave you to me. Wait a minute, wait a minute sister. Talking, I thought God talking, gave you to me. I didn't know I'm he gave me to I'm you. Talking. I'm talking, baby brother. Okay, nobody can tell me tell me that he is not my baby brother. Okay, people can say, "Well, y'all, yes, y'all wasn't born." Yes, we were. Just like this, James never looked at himself as Jesus's half brother or step brother. Why is that? Because he came into sonship, he came into the Amen. reality of sonship. And when you come into the reality of sonship, that is not just a word. It's not just a phrase but it's a reality, then you can live in this victorious life. That's right, my God. Yeah. Let me ask you I would a question, Doctor. Go ahead, go ahead. Let me, let me ask you a question before you have to leave. I know everybody's born with a brain, but everybody is not born with a mind. The mind has to be developed by the environment in which it's in. And that's in why God put it in Christ and said, now all things become new. Now let the spirit of your mind be renewed to the new location that you're That's operating right. out of now. And many of us still want to operate out of our color, out of our gender. But God says, no, I, don't I got you. I don't know what that mess is. See, none of that mess. Those are side trips. That's because That's right. you don't have your focus. You don't have your focus. I am focused on something, okay? Yes, you are on who it is that I am. And I press towards that mark. I press yes. in. And you see, you can train your brain to train your mind to train your body because what goes in your brain goes all through your body. And as you train it to obey, train it to obey, that's a word. Submit, that's another word. And when you submit, because you're going to submit to one of these thoughts. You're going to submit to one of these feelings. I feel, I feel. That's what has people gapping their legs. That's what has people unloosing their pants. That's what happened. I feel, I feel. But what will keep you, what will keep you in your position? See, sons of God don't do that. Christians might do those things, but sons of God don't do that because they know who they are. I am of such a high class that everything has to bow because the creator and ruler lives in me. And I obey him, and he is the only one. And I hope I didn't offend anyone by saying truth. No, we live on planet Earth. Hallelujah. 
We do. I do at least in my neighborhood. I got to go. Otherwise, Apostle Barry will 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 come and go. All <laughs> thank, right. Thank you. Bye well, bye. I'd love to do this again. Thank you for being with us. Dr. Blessings, Dr. Baker. You bless me. Now, listen, uh, uh, Dr. Daniels, what you got to say, my brother? Amen, Apostle. Still addressing Ephesians 6, 12. I'll, I'll go ahead on and use the Passion Translation since that seems to be the hip thing to do now. So I'll just use it. It is interesting in what it says. It says, your hand-to-hand -hand combat is not with human beings, but with the highest principalities and authorities operating in rebellion under the heavenly realms. For they are a powerful class of demon gods and evil spirits that hold this dark world in bondage. Yeah, I, I, so this is the demonic ranking system that is recorded by the Apostle Paul in Ephesians 6 and 12. But we also have the God of the angel armies, the Lord of hosts, who also has an army of angels that are rank for rank, as I was saying, for these demons and even greater in the number is two to one at least because one third fell with this demon, Lucifer, and you gave the name, the Hebrew name for him, but two thirds are still in heaven. And then we have the sons of God, where one of us can chase a thousand and two of us could put 10,000 to flight. So the devil is outnumbered and he is defeated by the math. Okay. So, so the other thing that I want to make sure that we understand is yes, on ground zero, Jesus made the statement. He says, he that believeth in me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto the Father. In Mark 16, he says, he that believeth in me, in my name, he's going to cast out devils, speak with new tongues. If he drinks any deadly thing, it won't hurt him. They'll take up serpents, and they'll lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So on ground zero, we are doing something. We're not losing a battle. We're taking our position as sons and our authority in the earth realm to the enemy. We're removing him. We're evicting him on ground zero with the assistance of the angelic host. Ladies and gentlemen, we don't have to do, listen, that, that, everything that's mentioned in Ephesians 6.12 is invisible to us. That would be unfair if God didn't have something to counter that. So we need to be aware. And I just want to say this very plainly, Apostle Kel, when I'm acknowledging and I'm praising God in the morning and acknowledging the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I also acknowledge the existence of the, angel, the angelic realm. That they are something I think the church has forgotten about. And we don't speak to that thing. We don't acknowledge it. And we, we feel like we're, it's, it's, you know, one-to-one -one with the devil. It is not so. We have so much help. And I want to try to encourage the church right now that we need to speak that. We need to understand that. We need to talk about that and know that when it says the battle is the Lord's, the Lord with the 
angel armies are fighting against those things that we cannot see. That's an important thing. The second thing again, remember, we are the sons of God. I want to close with this statement, Apostle Kel. The, the most grievous two son story that I have found in the New Testament is the story called the prodigal son. Oh, yeah. And I, oh, yeah. It's a depressing story because both of those sons really failed. One returned, but they both failed in the beginning. And the second son was actually worse than the first son. And I want to say that because that's a problem in the church. I'm addressing a problem in the church that we don't understand our position. The Bible says that when the other boy returned, there was music and the, the fatted calf was killed in a celebration, all that stuff. And the second son came, it says, out of the field, Apostle Cal. What is a son doing in the field when he should be in the house with the father? So he asked a servant, he asked a slave, somebody that works in the field. He says, what is going on in the house? That's where the church is, unfortunately. We, we, we should be in the house with our father. Father's got to come out of the house and remind us and say, son, what's the problem? And he says, you never did this. You never did that. You never did this. And uh, the whole time goes, okay. Hot. Okay. Yeah. Thank you, sir. You're hot right there. Yeah, Our time's yeah, up, yeah. man. Uh, see you again next time. Praise God. Our time is up. Yes. Yeah, man. Thank you, Lord. Okay. You went out preaching. That's what I wanted you to do.